Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Friday, December 15th. I'm John Weigel here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla and Mark Dent, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're diving into a conversation sparked about the earnings of top executives at Wikimedia, the parent company of the fifth most visited website in the world, Wikipedia. How do these nonprofit salaries rank against those in tech? And what exactly is the big online debate about? Before we answer all that, though, let's chat about the biggest headlines today across business and tech. First up, OpenAI is set to pay Axel Springer, the publisher that owns media brands like Business Insider and Politico, to train its AI models on the news organization's reporting. In return, ChatGPT will send users summaries of news stories with links to the original articles. This is pretty crazy uh, how ChatGPT started to integrate more news. Well, I think it's good that OpenAI is going to be paying publishers like Business Insider and Politico here because that's certainly been an issue that has concerned a lot of writers, journalists, artists, etc. as OpenAI has just subsumed these huge amounts of information. However, we just need to look back 10 years ago to be a little skeptical, I think, of how big tech relationships with media usually go. And that's usually not good for the publishers. Yeah, the fascinating part of this to me was that ChatGPT is going to send summaries of the news stories, which is like, hmm, (laughs) is there going to be a spin on those? Like, who knows? I I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. And like, how accurate are those summaries going to be? I got to think ChatGPT is certainly getting better. But uh, (laughs) yeah, we'll see it when we see it, I guess. Next up, SpaceX. Elon Musk's space and internet company hit a valuation of $180 billion based on an agreement with investors that would sell insider stock for $97 a share. And this is pretty significant because it's a 20% increase from their latest high valuation of $150 billion in July, and that was at $81 a share. This all sounds like pretty good news for Elon right now, who I think needs it because They're recalling about 2 million Teslas, as we reported earlier this week, and those cyber trucks can't seem to get up those hills. So a little light at the end of the tunnel for Elon today. Next, going overseas, China has surpassed the U.S. as the biggest branded coffee shop market in the world, according to a new report by World Coffee Portal. The number of coffee shops in China grew 58% over the past 12 months, passing 49.6 thousand outlets total. Wow, that's a lot of coffee shops. Yeah. My question is, what exactly is the appeal of a branded coffee shop? Are we talking Starbucks here or what kind of coffee shops? I think the conversation surrounds, yeah, your Starbucks, your any kind of branded chain coffee. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking about before the podcast, there are some more localized ones in the U.S. that could potentially make their way over there, too. Oh, yeah, totally. But the the really interesting thing I think here, 
is that the Starbucks' CEO says that China is still in its early days of coffee drinking. It's like a tea drinking country. Right. Mm. So like if they're already surpassing the U.S. for branded coffee shops, I mean, it's like literally how many Starbucks are they going to have 15 years <laughs> from now? Like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, China's a big country. They got a lot of real estate for Starbucks to move in on, I guess. You know, when I was in Colombia visiting my family, I went to a coffee shop and I asked for an iced latte, just ice, espresso, milk, <laughs> end of list. And they were like, you mean like a Starbucks? <laughs> I was like, no, just ice, espresso, milk, like no syrup, no sugar, no whipped But it was like, yeah, we just drink coffee here. Just regular coffee. You want coffee? Do you want ice with the coffee? Like, yeah, it was a weird thing where like anything that wasn't just coffee was associated as being a Starbucks. That's so funny. I really look forward to going to Europe and asking for not an Americano, but in America. <laughs> and they'll just give me a nice pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Grindr. Grindr is adding an AI wingman to its popular LGBTQ dating app. Grindr is working with chatbot maker XHuman, which will train its existing flirt bot on Grindr's user data. So if you're a Grindr user, you may have a nice little chatbot next to you for your use as your wingman from now on. Congrats. Meta's Threads is officially available in Europe. Meta also tested its integration with Fediverse apps, including Mastodon, which is the X or Twitter alternative that a lot of people are using. But I'm just hung up on whatever Fediverse means. Juliet, do you, do you have any idea? Yes, um, it's actually a portmanteau of Federation and Universe. That's where the oh. word comes from. And it is a collection of interoperable social media platforms. So basically, if you're on one, you can post to another. You can see posts on another platform when you're on, say, Mastodon. They just kind of all work together. That's the whole thing. Wow, fascinating. A new word added to the vocabulary today. I love it. Mm-hmm. And finally here, the NFL announced it will host the 2027 Super Bowl near Los Angeles in Inglewood, California at the $5.5 billion SoFi Stadium that also hosted the 2022 Super Bowl. Las Vegas will host next year's Super Bowl in February, followed by New Orleans and Santa Clara, California. So some back-to-back years in California on the horizon. Now, on to our main story of the day. It's no secret that tech company executives make tons and tons of money every year. But where does a nonprofit like Wikimedia rank among all this? And are their salaries as egregious? Juliet, you did a story on this. Where does this story lead? So it kind of all comes from a post on Twitter and then Business Insider picked it up. And it's just kind of been an interesting conversation about salaries in general. Wikipedia is part of Wikimedia. Wikimedia Foundation is the nonprofit that operates Wikipedia. So it's different from other tech companies like Google and Apple because it is a nonprofit and therefore it does share its financials. Someone posted a screenshot of its 2021 IRS filings. I think it's easier if we just focus on the CEO and not all of the salaries. Sure. So the CEO at the time, former CEO Catherine Marr, earned about $789,400. Some of that was severance because she did leave in the middle of that year. And so some people were saying, 
oh my God, that's a ton of money. How come every time I go to Wikipedia, it's like, I need your help. If you don't give me money, I'll die. Which is true. It is very dire when you go there. I spend a lot of time on Wikipedia. It is. <laughs> and then other people were like, well, Wikipedia deserves actually all the money in the world because it is so incredibly useful. And actually, these salaries are are nothing compared to other tech CEOs and, and even salaries in the tech world that are not CEOs. So we did some looking at salaries, basically. Nice. Always a worthwhile endeavor, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if we look at only tech CEOs, these are regular for-profit tech companies, we learn that Mars' salary is actually very low. So among CEOs at S&P 500 companies in 2022, the average annual salary was $16.7 million. Wow. This is making Catherine Mars' salary look like shit. Basically, it's like nothing. Yeah, it's looking like a a grocery store trip. (laughs) Yep. If we look at a couple other CEOs here, Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai, $225.9 million. Pinterest, a website that no one goes to as much as they go to Wikipedia. CEO Bill Reddy, $122.6 million. DraftKings. That's a fantasy sports thing. I don't go there. (laughs) Bark knows. (laughs) I mean, it's gambling too, but you're right. These places are frankly all, I mean, okay, not Alphabet, (laughs) but like Pinterest and DraftKings, those are small potatoes compared to Wikipedia. Yeah. Clearly. Okay. Yes. I had to go to Wikipedia to learn what DraftKings was (laughs) and their CEO, Jason Robbins, made $47.4 million. So these are big, huge salaries, but... If we look at the CEOs of nonprofits, 2021-22, the average salary was $166.9,000. So, you know, now Catherine Mars' salary looks really, really high. It's like compared to the rest of the CEOs. Yeah, it seems like she's sitting a little bit in the middle or towards the top of the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. Until, dun-dun-dun, you look at big nonprofits. Because for a minute there, I was thinking, you know what? Some nonprofits are actually quite small. So I decided to type in two of the biggest nonprofits I could think of. American Red Cross CEO Gail McGovern in 2021 earned $640,000. The CEO of Feeding America, which is, of course, a huge nonprofit, earned more at $969.3,000. So lots of numbers here. And what I learned is that tech CEOs make just so much money and nonprofit CEOs, not so much unless they work for a very large nonprofit. That's what I learned today. Yes. There were even some comments that these top tier nonprofit CEOs are similar to what an engineer earns at Meta Mm -hmm. or any big tech company out there like a Google. So it it is very interesting to see kind of where the nonprofit CEOs rank. But at the same time, as you've also noted, Juliet, in your coverage, the average US salary for normal people, us normies over here, is $59,000 around. So a big difference in us and the CEOs. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm just like, womp, womp, sad trombone for everyone. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed to that, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We will catch you next week, everybody.
Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.